0: on tap a podcast about the notre dame fighting irish presented to you by on tap i'm your host brandon suarez you can follow me on twitter at bdon 300 and today is our bye week episode i'm going to be breaking down uh the virginia tech game from last week and just kind of like a mid season report episode it's been a hectic uh beginning to the season obviously with the loss to cincinnati we're more or less eliminated from the college football playoff, but still a lot left to be played for, uh, the team sits at five and one and a real gritty. I wouldn't say like comeback win. Cause it was a real, it was like a back and forth game. Like we had our time where we were in the lead. They had their time where they were in the lead. They stole the lead back late after a Tyler Buckner interception. And I mean, that's probably where we should start, right? The quarterback position, uh, Obviously the saying goes, you know, when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, we have three and we have none. We've seen all three and Jack Cohn was able to lead the troops and get us a game tying drive with a touchdown to Avery Davis with two minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. And honestly, Outside of like maybe myself, because I'm like a, uh, a ridiculously optimistic person, even during a game like this, where it was like, wow, that pick six, you know, you're going up to try and go up two scores and you throw a pick six. It's like, what the fuck? And the Jack Cohen two point conversion and catch from Kevin Austin after looking, looking back at it after I saw a photograph from one of the guys in the end zone. And, like, Kevin Austin is getting absolutely eviscerated. There's, like, a hand inside his face mask, and uh, he somehow comes down with the catch. Notre Dame stops Virginia Tech. They're able to get a quick field goal before regulation's even over, before we even have to go to overtime because that's what it looked like it was heading for. It was about to be 29-29 or it was 29 29 after we got the two point conversion and Virginia tech got the ball back with, I want to say like, probably what like two minutes left and they weren't able to do anything with it. The defense really answered the call all game long. They were on the field a lot, you know, Virginia tech, for whatever reason was able to get their 29 points and they probably should have won this game. This was not a game that we should have won. Uh, We've, you know, we found a way to win it, and I'm not going to call it, like, an identity game or, or anything of that nature because it was a really horrendous performance on the offensive side of the football. If you pull up the stats, let me pull them up real quick. Buckner was 6-14 of 14 with 113 yards, one touchdown, two picks, and the two picks were not good at all. They were terrible passes. Jack Cone 9-12, for 12, 108 yards, and one touchdown obviously the game tying touchdown and two point conversion late in the game. I had mentioned early in the week when we did the pregame episode or the pregame show that I wanted to see a good game out of Kyron Williams. I think he did that. I mean, 19 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown and I'm pretty sure he went off late because Logan Diggs was getting carries and Chris Harry also got a few as well. Tyler Buckner, as much as I'm not in favor of him playing quarterback right now, just because It's almost like when you get a rookie quarterback in the NFL, you know, they're young. They need time to let their body mature. They need time to mature and get ready for the speed of the next level. And you see that out there with some of the mistakes that Buckner is making. I'm not downplaying that he could be a future star at Notre Dame, but right now he simply is not it. Jack Cohn also, isn't it? And I don't know. I think Drew Pine may have had an injury or something may have been up with Drew Pine, but the whole quarterback position is the whole quarterback position is the biggest issue right here at Notre Dame. And it's the reason why we're not a national title contender this year. A lot of people used to talk down on Ian book. And I'm sure as shit, those same people miss Ian book right now, because regardless of how good he was or what talents you thought he lacked, the kid found ways to win football games. And Right now, between Cohn, Buckner, and and Pine, we haven't really seen that same, like, mamba mentality, if you will, I guess you would say. And the offense hasn't really been clicking. Um, Michael Meyer obviously was out this past weekend, or he was hurt early in the game and wasn't able to, you know, carry on, but... I want to make light of some of the individual performances in the receiving room. So Avery Davis and Kevin Austin came to play. Both had three catches, Austin for 70 yards, Avery Davis for 64. And I want to make a shout out to also a friend of the program, Tariq Bracey with his first career interception. I don't know if Tariq still listens to the show, but Tariq, if you are, I was jumping up and down happy for you it was a great moment to see and a huge turning point in the game but this was a game that we had every chance to take control of early and we find ourselves down 10 nothing and then in almost it was almost kind of like the Florida State game it really reminded me a lot of the Florida State game and I think it honestly had the exact same score 32 to 29 so that's kind of weird I'd have to look that up I may be wrong but similar scores similar ending Jonathan Dewar cold as ice to make the game winning kick. And, you know, going into the bye week, you wanted to get you wanted to get out of Sandman land with a win, and they were able to do that. It wasn't pretty. Like I said, it wasn't a statement game. It wasn't a game that we did anything super good at. Like it was a very average game. I will say, on the defensive side of the ball, guys like Isaiah Foskey guys like Drew White, and, of course, our guy Kyle Hamilton, and then, two you throw Myron and Ombosa, all had quality games. And it's something to build upon. Obviously, 29 points is a lot of points. You want to hold a team at at or around 21. But to get the dub on the road in a hostile environment, playing a majority of the game with a freshman quarterback – and then, when you're subbing in your regular starter, Jack Cohn, who hasn't been playing well, he pushes that all aside and he goes down and leads a drive that you not only need a touchdown, but a two point conversion. And he was able to get both of those things done. So. I have no idea who's going to be the quarterback going forward. Uh, Like we said before, you know, we're not in those circles. We don't have that type of information. We'll find out when they come back on the other side of the bye week against USC. But they have another opportunity for a team that has potential to beat them. But if you play your game, you should be able to take care of USC and it's at home. Uh, USC fired their coach Clay Helton earlier in the year they just got absolutely shit pumped by Utah like it was not even close and we're coming off a bye week so you know lick your wounds get back to what we're good at doing which we haven't been great this year and that's running the football and find a way to shorten these games out Uh, I cover NIU and I watch NIU just about the same amount as I watched Notre Dame. And we have a quarterback that we trust, but we just like to run the football. And if we can run the football the way that we're supposed to at Notre Dame and control the time of possession and control the tempo and take control of these games from the very outset, we won't be clawing away with three-point victories like we did against Toledo and like we did against Florida State and like we did in this game against Virginia Tech. Cincinnati game is behind us you have to make the best of what's left of your season and the latest bowl projection that I saw was for Notre Dame to be in the Fiesta Bowl which is a very prestigious bowl uh, and the projection was against Oregon so that would be a very good matchup there's still a lot on the table to be played for with this team and looking at the final six games of the schedule uh, you have a home game against USC A home game against North Carolina which I will be in attendance for and I'm super excited about I haven't been back to South Bend in about two years you have Navy at home as well and then you go on the road against University of Virginia you play Georgia Tech at home and then you travel to Stanford the last week of the season and Stanford has they've been an interesting team to say the least they popped off Oregon they have some good wins in Pac-12 play so a very winnable schedule a very good chance that we're sitting here you know on this podcast at the end of the season we're sitting here at 11-1 or 10-2 but what I can't what I refuse to see is this team letting it slide to like a nine and three so the two I guess you would say high priority games would be USC UNC they're Overall results haven't turned out the best for the season, but they do have quality players, both teams on their roster. USC led by Keaton Slovis. And then, you know, North Carolina led by uh, Sam Howell. So not to get too ahead of ourselves, but we are on a bye week. We do sit at 14th in the nation at five and one and not everything ahead of us, but Alabama lost this week. Teams ahead of us can be, you know, expected to lose. Like the Big Ten, I know coming down the stretch will basically take care of itself. Uh, A lot of those teams that are in the top ten right now will be playing against each other later on in the season. And you can only imagine as long as we take care of our one and one of our one of one and go one and oh each week, that we'll continue to move up the rankings. But a quick look at the rankings so, with Alabama's loss, Georgia moves to one, Iowa at two after beating Penn State, Cincinnati, those cucks at three, Oklahoma at four. Despite benching Spencer Rattler, they find a way to get a victory against Texas. And I don't know why I said, despite Spencer Rattler's trash. Alabama, five. Ohio State, six. Penn State, seven. Michigan, eight. Oregon, nine. Michigan State, 10. So there's one, two, three, four, five teams from the Big Ten in the top 10. That was a mouthful. Kentucky at 11. Oklahoma State and Ole Miss. Oklahoma State at 12 and Ole Miss at 13. I personally think that we're better than Oklahoma State and we're probably better than Ole Miss, depending on how our defense would play in that game. But still very reputable opponents ahead of us and around us in the rankings to where we can still get a very good bowl game and a good matchup, not no slouch like team that you don't want to play in a bowl game. Cause there could be the scenario where, we end up dropping an extra game or two, and then we play in a less reputable bowl game against a lower opponent. You want a measuring stick game, you want a prove-it game, you want an opportunity to go out there and beat a quality opponent at a neutral venue. And yeah, ahead of us, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight undefeated teams. And then six teams, five teams have one loss. So you do the math, it's, it's not pretty. It's probably not happening this year, but winning the way we have, I don't truly believe that we would be deserving of a college football playoff bid. And, you know, this past weekend, I think is a very good indication of just how our season has gone. It hasn't gone our way, it hasn't been the prettiest, but they've found ways to weather the storm And we're sitting at five and one. If you had just turned the episode on right now, you would think we're one and five, but it's different here. The standards are different and it does suck, but the season is most certainly not over. And I think like, let's just sit here like this as a podcast. Let's readjust the goals. Now that, you know, the first loss is out of the way we're midway through the season. Let's say no less than 10 wins. I won't accept the nine like no less than 10 wins you finish the season in the top 10 in the rankings and you play another top 10 or top 12 team in that bowl game and you find a way to win that if they can take care of all three of those things and as long as cincinnati doesn't go on to win the national championship i'll say the season will have been successful given the circumstances of us being in a huge transitional year with how many players that have gone to the NFL draft just in the last two seasons. So if I go back to this game uh, to give my players of the game, cause I was pouting last week and I didn't give any players of the game last week. I will say offensively, I uh, I'm going to go Kevin Austin. I think the, uh, The catches he made at the times in the game that he made, even though the the two-point conversion doesn't show up on the stat sheet, absolute insanity to be able to to pull that off and, and extend that game because if that wasn't the case, we would have had to stop them again, which we did end up stopping them and then kick a field goal to win it. Instead, we tie it, we stop them, and we still get the field goal, walk it off in regulation. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go Drew White. Uh, Drew White embodies what like Notre Dame, like a Notre Dame linebacker should be. Sideline to sideline, a hard hitter, hard nose. Obviously, he's not the fastest guy, but he he makes he makes it do with what he's got on the speed side of things. And in order for Him to get to the league, I think he needs to put on a little bit of weight, but I still like his chances as good as anyone, as like a Drew Tranquil kind of linebacker at the next level. And I'm going to give him the player of the game on the defensive side of the ball. And then special teams, this should come as no surprise as Jonathan Dewar, who has made yet another game-winning kick to seal a Notre Dame victory. I believe that would be his second of the season at – Notre Dame this year. So, because you take the Florida State game, you take this game, two of those, and then Purdue, we killed them. Wisconsin killed them. Cincinnati lost. And I'm trying to think of the last one. Am I a fraud right now? Why I can't think of it? Unreal. I'm just a terrible fan, I guess you would say. Oh, the last the win that I'm talking about is Virginia Tech. So, yeah, two – Two walk off wins with field goals, Virginia Tech, Florida State. Jack Cohn gets a touch on a two point conversion in the Toledo game to win that by three. Pump Purdue, pump Wisconsin, lost to Cincy. Sometimes I walk myself in circles. I do apologize. But looking forward, at the quarterback position, I guess all I can say is I just want to see the best player play. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Cone. I don't care if it's Pine. I don't care if it's Buckner. I just want to see the best player play every Saturday. And when the switch is made, stick to your guns because this going back and forth between different quarterbacks is terrible for the team, it's terrible for the receivers, it's terrible for the offense, and it's terrible for the fans. It is impossible for your offense to get into a rhythm when you're treating it like it's inning six through nine in the NLCS or the NLDS, which is what I'm actually watching right now. You know, you got to keep switching in and out who's at the quarterback position or the pitcher position. This is Division I college football at Notre Dame, no less. Make up your mind and stick with the decision because what you're doing right now is detrimental to the team. That's it. Like, if an injury happens, an injury happens, and the other guy has to come back in, so be it. But you're not setting a good example for your team, and you're not putting your best foot forward as a head coach by not solidifying in now week seven, or it'll be week eight by the time we get to our next game on the other side of the bye week, to not have your solid number one starting quarterback, which is the most position, most important position in all of football, solidified at this point. So. I, like I said, I truly don't care. We've seen good things from all three, but, like, it's a pick em. It's uh, what's your flavor. If we're running the ball more, I'd like Buckner. If we want to go with more of a veteran, I'd like going with Jack Cohn. And the wild card, but the player who I think has played the best, which if we're going to ride the hot hand, then we go Drew Pine but I personally don't know what they're going to do. And it it irks me. It kind of messed with me a little bit on Saturday when we're sitting there and it's like, is Jack Cohn really going to come in fresh off the bench and lead us to a victory on the road in front of a hundred thousand people. And he did. Um, And I hope he can find a way to do it five more times, maybe six. We'll say six because I think Navy's a terrible opponent. They look terrible tonight against Memphis. Virginia is actually I'll throw Virginia. So we got like three, maybe four losable games. Uh, Stanford, pretty decent. Georgia Tech lost to my Huskies uh, of NIU, but they also took Clemson down to the last possession. So there's a reason they play these games. I could sit here and talk until I'm blue in the face and predict them. But bye week this week. Stay tuned, stay locked in. Obviously, they're back at home next week at 6.30 against USC. And then the following week, uh, the week of Halloween against North Carolina, and I'll be out there at the game. If you're going to be out at the game, feel free to shoot me a DM. Would love to meet up. I'm going to be with my mom, though, um, as it'll be her second time in South Bend. and She likes going. Uh, She surprised me with tickets, and uh, I guess – Irish by a thousand, even though we don't got a game this week. So with that being said uh, to wrap up kind of what we talked about for today's episode, offensive player of the game, Kevin Austin, defensive player of the game, Drew White, special teams player of the game, Jonathan Dewar. And like I said, the three main goals for the rest of the season finish in the top 10 play in one of those New Year's Six bowl games or a highly coveted bowl game against a top 12 opponent and win said bowl game. That's all I got. This was Irish On Tap, presented to you by OnTap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. And you can follow our main account on Twitter at Irish. We will be back with you early in the week against uh, USC. So I guess you would say... Maybe like Tuesday, Wednesday, since we got a little extra time to get it out. But be prepared. This next stretch is going to be very telling. Uh, these next two games, in specific, on how the rest of the season will go. Find a way to go one and zero each week on the other side of the bye week, and use the bye week as a reset button for your season. But like I said, this was Irish on Tap presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. We truly do appreciate you for tuning in today. And go. Irish.